the only thing worse than a root canal is looking for a job on the internet. Hello everybody, this is Anthony Moore with Career Daily. I am here to put the human back in human resources. Let me be your competitive advantage on the job market. It is dog eat dog out there. Our research companies, new industries, I'll dig around, I'll figure out who some of the hiring leaders are, and I'll post all this information on our exclusive Facebook networking group. You'll also hear amazing interviews from professionals that I'm interviewing all across the country. Some are inspiring. Some are very informative. Some duds. I'll leave the duds out. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to Career Daily. This is Anthony Moore, your host. We are joined by a vice president of Talent Metrics. Okay, we're starting part two of assessments. We're here with Dr. Stephen Muller. We're looking at the candidate experience. And I know from firsthand experience, when I got laid off from Cox Enterprises and I was out on the open job market, some of the companies I interviewed with, I actually took some of these assessments and I thought some did a better job than others. A couple of questions actually kind of came to mind as I was taking these and thinking about our conversation. So perhaps this is a good time for me to ask some of these to you. Why, why does it seem like these assessments, they seem to ask the same question like over and over and over, but slightly different? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. That's a, as a candidate, most Every candidate would would realize that it's a very very common question, and not to get too technical, but it's the concept of reliability. And reliability in one word means consistency. Uh, validity in one word means correctness. So what we're trying to do as a profession, as industrial organizational psychologists, are um, is to develop assessments that actually predict performance in this case. And the reason we need to ask the, a similar question over and over is that it improves the consistency of the measure. In, in other words, if you ask the same question different ways and the candidate responds differently, there's probably something off with that assessment experience. And we want to make sure during test development that we can remove that item, that we can clean up the assessment. Um, another kind of real world example of this, not to get too technical, think about when you were in, let's say, let's go back to high school. So you took a high school math test. Let's say that you prepared for a math test and that math, uh, that math test had two questions on it. And as a student, you might think, great, I'm going to finish my math test in about 10 minutes. There's only two questions. The problem with only having two questions is that you're, you know, assuming there's no partial credit, you're going to get a hundred, a 50 or a zero because there's only two questions. And let's say you get the 100. Well, you're gonna feel good about that. Your parents are gonna like that. Let's say you get a zero. You take that home and your parents say, well, why did you get a zero? Um, and you would say, well, mom, dad, they only asked me two questions. And your parents would say, well, how do they know if you know anything if they only asked you two questions? <laughs> so that's really the issue. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so if you get a zero, you go home and your parents will wonder, well, why did you get a zero? And then as the person that took the test, you would say, well, they only gave me two questions. I didn't really have an opportunity to demonstrate what I know. And so that really, you know, illustrates, you know, the concept of reliability. Whenever we develop assessments, we have to ask more questions the more valid assessments tend to have more items because we're better able to understand who somebody is. 
shorter assessments, even though candidates might like a short assessment, only ask somebody 10 questions, it's, it's not going to get you the most predictability. So what we do as professionals is try to balance the number of items with the validity of that particular tool. And as you said, Tony, you will get the same questions or similar questions over and over because it's a way to give us more content to better understand who you actually are. Yeah, it sounds like you're just really trying to predict. All right, it's kind of annoying, but it's it's good to know why you guys do it like that. Um, but you know, some of these tests as they do get longer, I kind of feel like I know a couple times I've wanted to take a break. Is that something that is, you know, acceptable? Can you take a break during assessment, or do you need to just kind of blow through the whole thing at once? Well, and, and with most assessments, they're going to recommend that you do it in one sitting, and it's really back to that concept of reliability. We want to understand who you are. We don't want you to be distracted with other things. So ideally, you would complete it in one sitting. But of course, if you start to have fatigue and you feel like it's compromising your results and your assessment experience, I mean, certainly take a break. You know, get up, stretch your legs. Some of the, you know, cognitive measures, um, we've got to take our own medicine every once in a while, and I've got to complete cognitive ability assessments just like everybody else. Some of them can get very difficult. They're very tedious. They're very specific. And um, I certainly recommend completing an entire section at once. Um, wait to, you know, so take your breaks at the end of a section whether, rather than in the middle of a section, if at all possible. All right. That, yeah, I could see that making sense. And you're right. If you take a break and then consume some kind of information or data or something, it could have some kind of an effect on you in some way, which would then be expressed in the, in the test. Okay. I could, I, I can see that. So here's something that kind of, I don't know if it's just me, but there's sometimes I'm told like, you know, there's no wrong answer. And I, I is that true? Is there really no wrong answer? It kind of seems like, I mean, I would think there is a wrong answer. Yeah, there would have to be a wrong answer, right? Because at the end of this, people are getting a job. So clearly, if you answered the, you know, I'm going to do air quotes here. If you answered the questions correctly, you're going to, you're going to get the job, right? You pass. Um, I want to differentiate between assessment and test. Um, so a test would be cognitive ability. There is, in fact, a correct answer there. There's no doubt that's a test. When organizations tell you that there's not a correct answer, chances are they're giving you an assessment. Oh, that's the difference. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, cognitive test, exactly. I mean, if it's a, you know, a math test, obviously there is a wrong answer versus a preference. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So with personality, it's an assessment. The organization just wants to know who you are, honestly. Um, I would, you know, think about your work experiences, how you are at work, and just answer the assessment honestly and just be yourself. And that will be, that'd be the best advice I can give you there. My wife has one of the funniest quotes in her office, and it says, telling someone to be themselves is, some, is the worst advice you can give some people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, okay. She, she's also in the um, survey business, so they're always dealing with people. So I guess they come up with these, these funny little, uh, little sayings. We obviously with testing or assessments, there's got to be some way that they score these things. So, I mean, how, how do they score? Like what, how's my score determined? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, a lot of people that I interact with, um, have had the ability to do, you know, certifications and trainings on assessments. A lot of people think that it's just like scores, like we got on tests back in college. It's just a percentage of what you got correct. And 
And that's um, absolutely not the case in some cases. I'm sure there are assessments that are scored like that, but most often there's a norm group. A norm, you said norm group. So yes, there is um, a norm group that is underlying the assessment results. So when Tony and Steven go in and complete an assessment, we are going to be giving the organization, if you will, we're going to be giving raw data. We're answering questions on the assessment. Well, that raw data is converted and compared to a percentile, a norm group that results in a percentile score. And really what you're doing when you're completing an assessment, your results are compared to the norm group, and then they're those norms are compared to other candidates. So it's not just a percentage and how many you got correct. It's a way to make the process a little bit more realistic, if you will, because the organization wants to know who Tony is, who uh, Stephen is, relative to a large population. They don't want to know who Tony and Stephen are, just relative to the 30 people that applied for the job. And that's where norming comes into play. Now, that makes sense. I'm thinking back to the Wonderlick, the NFL draft. They've given this Wonderlick to X number of offensive linemen, so they have a this norm group, or quarterbacks have a, a norm group. So when you, as a new quarterback, come into the league, you take the Wonderlick test and you score a 20, they can look and see, yeah, the norm group scores about 18, 19, so you've scored a little bit higher. So that that kind of intuitively makes sense to me. The reason the norm group is important is that it's going to give the organization better data. So, uh, for example, using 20 as an example, since you threw that out, let's say that you find out that a quarterback gets 20, and that's the highest score in the 2020 NFL Combine. Well, the quarterback that got the 20 is going to be feel really good about that. I'm better than the other 15 quarterbacks that are here right now. However, when you compare that 20 to the norm group, what if you found out that that 20 is really at the 50th percentile? So this, this year's class of quarterbacks tends to be really bad, for example. That's why you have to have that norm group compare that 20 to hundreds of quarterbacks that have come before this class so you get a more representative picture of who that quarterback actually is from a cognitive ability perspective. In this case, the quarterbacks or the people are being told what their Wonderlick score is. But I know a lot of times when I've taken a test, I've never been given access to my results. No, no. And in most cases, you would not be um, you would not receive any sort of substantial data back from the organization. Uh, what has become more common over the years is a report. They will give you a perspective on who you are. They will explain that these are some of your strengths and they'll, they'll, they'll walk through that. But most of the clients that I've worked with just for risk, legal issues, as I referenced before, they're not going to release results because it just becomes too problematic. So most organizations won't do that. Yeah, that's what happened at, at Cox Enterprises as well. That was not given. Now, if you were hired, you were going to be given access to some of that information, but that was more for talent development. Is there a way that someone could actually prepare for an assessment? Is there anything they can do like ahead of time? Well, yeah, there is a substantial amount of research that shows that the, the more familiar you are with the assessment, the better you will do. Uh, think about the SAT, for example, the GRE, all the prep courses that they have. They, those courses provide sample items so you can go in there and get comfortable so you can practice a little bit. You have a sense of you know, what the questions or the items are going to be asking you to do. So to prepare, I would just ask the recruiter or the hiring manager, whoever is inviting you to take the assessment, 
just ask them if there's any practice sites that they know of that you could go in and get a sense of what's going to be on the assessment. And that's absolutely not cheating. It's just a way to socialize the assessment experience so you understand what's being asked so you can put your best foot forward. Okay. Yeah. That was going to be one of my questions is, you know, can I actually ask what type of test I'm going to be given? And it sounds like that's not out of the norm. Uh, you don't want to be seen as like too aggressive or something in the interview process, but that's considered uh, okay to, to do that? I would not have a problem with that. If you're asking a candidate to complete an assessment, it would stand to reason that the recruiter can tell you what the assessment is, uh, perhaps send you some sample items. A lot of consulting companies have sample items for just that purpose because you companies want to have good candidate experiences. You don't want to have an assessment that causes people to drop out or speak poorly of the company. So to the extent that the recruiter and or the hiring manager can help the candidates feel comfortable, that would be the way to go. And so, no, I don't think that would be too aggressive at all. But I, I personally went through an experience where I showed up for my second interview. And as I showed up, they said, well, before the interview starts, let's come over here. And they took me to a small room and they put me through a battery of tests before I even got into the second round. So I had no idea it was coming. So I had no way of knowing. So what happens in a situation like that? Well, back to the concept of standardization that we talked about in part one, um, their process, they wanted to make sure that you were actually the one giving results. Maybe there was a history of cheating and the organization was really immersed to that. So they designed their selection process to make sure that it was a proctored experience. So even though it can seem a little uncomfortable as a candidate, uh, remember what we talked about in part one was that standardization tends to be the best way to go. So the organization in, in that case felt good about making all of their candidates come on site, complete the assessment, and then it sounds like go through an interview. So they were standardized. It was you know, defensible in their mind. So that's likely why they did that. Got it. And you, in a, in a case like that, you just, you don't know. So if you're going into an interview process, a good plan of action for you guys, you know, if you're in the middle of an interview process, you probably should go online and just start taking some of these example tests just to prepare yourself for whatever they might throw at you. It sounds like will be the only way to kind of prepare for that. Um, you mentioned cheating. Is there, I mean, can you cheat an assessment? Yeah, great, <laughs> great question. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, tread lightly here. So, um, given the only way to be you know 100% certain that a candidate didn't cheat is to proctor the assessment. That's just the reality of it. However, it's not feasible to have every candidate. I mean, some roles, you know, some of these large organizations have you know, a thousand people apply, right? Hundreds of people applying. There's no way to systematically have everybody come on site to complete an assessment. I will say the potential for cheating is increased on cognitive ability because there's actually a right answer. People can actually post images to the websites. Um, I do know that consulting companies uh, proactively review that. They will, they have dedicated resources to evaluate test sites to make sure images, any sort of proprietary content is not there. So cheating on a personality assessment, essentially impossible. Uh, sure, you can misrepresent who you are, but if you misrepresent who you are, you may not fit the role, in which case you just cheat yourself out of a job. So 
Cheating tends to be a lot more of a concern with cognitive ability where people can cut and paste or go online, which interestingly, that's why a lot of the cognitive ability tests are timed. So nobody has enough time to go on the web and start searching for answers or ask their friends to do it. So cheating is an issue, um, but it is certainly mitigated with personality assessments uh, as much as can be as much as possible. And if, as you say, if it's proctored, meaning administered by the company on site and it's timed, those are ways they can kind of minimize that. Um, I think one of the last questions that I had thought of was, and I guess it's because it's it's been done to me as I'm I'm viewed as a hiring leader. I've had people bring to me assessments of themselves in advance, kind of proactively. Do you have any opinions on this? Like if I took a cognitive test and I actually had the results or I took a personality test and I had the results, do you think that's a good idea for a candidate to just without even being asked to give that information into a, uh, a hiring leader? That is really interesting. I have never heard about that. I, off the cuff, I don't know that I would do that because I'm not sure what the company would do with it. Uh, for example, it's not standardized, right? So if somebody shows up with a random personality result, I'm not sure that the hiring manager would even know how to interpret that. So um, I, I'm not sure that... I understand the intent that the candidate would want to put their best foot forward and show that they've completed, you know, various assessments and presumably done well, or at least the uh, results present them favorably. But I'm not sure what the hiring manager would do with that content because it may not be relevant to their particular job. If there wasn't job analysis done. I'm not really sure what the company would do with that. Yeah, I would. I tend to agree with you. I I think that you could probably hurt yourself more than help yourself because you just don't know what they're looking for. And if your personality test highlights something that maybe is not favorable, but in your mind it is favorable, you've just screened yourself out. So I think you you want to tread lightly on something like that. Can you think of any other questions that, um, that candidates might have? I feel like we've kind of covered a lot, a lot of ground there. Yeah, I think the only other one I would throw out is that assessments on mobile devices. Um, so there's a big push in the industry around mobile optimization. And with technology, candidates want to be able to complete assessments wherever they are, whenever they happen to feel like doing it. Um, all assessments are not created equal with mobile optimization. Um, so you need to be very, very careful as a candidate, especially if your assessment or test is timed that you're not going to have any sort of issues completing an assessment on an iPhone. Um, I certainly wouldn't recommend completing a cognitive ability test on a bus or a subway when you're distracted with whatever happens. To <laughs> you would think that would automatically discriminate, you, uh, eliminate you from a cognitive test is taking a cognitive test on a subway. <laughs> you would think. You would think, uh, but you know, you know, the, the technology does exist. Um, so my advice to candidates would be if you want to take it on a laptop or an iPad or an iPhone, I would talk with the hiring manager or the recruiter, whoever sets you up with the assessment. Number one, ask them if it's mobile optimized. And as a rule of thumb, if it's timed, I wouldn't do it on a mobile device, um, certainly with any distractions because it can only hurt you. Uh, great advice on that. Well, that's a great finish to this you know, candidate experience. Let's stay tuned for part three. Don't forget, 
Head over to LinkedIn and follow me and then go to Facebook and join the exclusive Career Daily Facebook group. That's where I'll have links to the show notes and all the people and companies that we've discussed today.